Hi, and welcome to RevOps Unboxed, the podcast that dives into the world of revenue operations brought to you by me, Sandy Robinson, in partnership with Revenue Operations Alliance. On this episode of RevOps Unboxed, I speak with Greg Larson, VP of Revenue Operations at Eltropy. Today, we will chat about the importance of aligning on KPIs that matter for the go-to-market teams. Hint, we want it to be simpler, not more complex. Let's get started. So I'm Sandy Robinson. I host a podcast called RevOps Unboxed, and we're gonna try a little live podcast today uh, here at the Revenue Operations Alliance Summit. I've got Greg Larson here, who's the VP of Revenue Operations at Eltropy. Uh, so Greg, if you can take a minute and introduce yourself and tell us a little bit about what you do. Yeah, first off, thanks for having me, Sandy. I uh, appreciate it. Um, see if I get mic going here, but um, yeah, so like you said, VP of RevOps at Eltropy. Um, I've been in the RevOps industry uh, <laughs> role um, for over 15 years um, at various companies, and yeah, just really excited to, to chat with you and love everything sales, RevOps, sales enablement, everything every, everything that the people are here for today, so. Did you, uh, did you start out on the sales side or I did. Story? Yeah. So I, I started out my tech career at a company called Qualtrics mm-hmm. um, that I, I was just a frontline sales rep and loved it and grew. And as we scaled, we scaled really fast. Yeah. And if you've ever been in a company that scales fast, there's so much opportunity and nobody knows what to do with it. <laughs> And so as we started to need systems and need process and need everything, I kind of naturally gravitated towards that, which gave me the idea of like, hey, maybe I should, should dive in more into this. And so fast forward 10 years later, and yeah. I actually took the jump. So I, I went through the sales ranks and grew and, and led, uh, led a company for sales, went, went through several startups, a few exits as a sales leader. <laughs> And then decided that I wanted to see my family. And so I switched over more to the the strategy and the revenue operations side and continued that journey, but uh, get to do a little less traveling. You get to turn in your million mile uh, travel card, right? So (laughs) no, I can totally relate. Actually, my my story is not, not unlike yours. I did start on the sales side and I became a regional sales manager and sales director, just kind of uh, led sales teams for a number of years and just found that my passion was really in the process and the numbers and having to tell my story all the time, right? Sell upwards uh, and those kind of things. So I can totally relate to that and, you know, your journey and how you got where you are today. So tell me, tell me um, a little bit about um, what you're talking about here. So you're speaking tomorrow, so yeah. excited to hear you. Yeah, so my session tomorrow is called The Chosen One. Mm-hmm. Um, it's focused on one KPI that you can base your entire revenue system off of. Okay. And so I don't want to give up. Yeah, right. Yeah. You just you just got done talking about the, okay. the Frankenstack, right? Yeah. yeah, yeah. I feel like the same thing can happen with metrics, mm-hmm. you know, Every request that we get, oh yeah, let me pull that report. Oh yeah, the, the board, the CRO, the CEO, you know, everyone wants to know all of these little tiny metrics. Yeah. And in most revenue operations teams, you don't have the staff to do that. Right. And so 
kind of a keep it simple method of finding one centralized KPI that you can generate an entire litmus test for your revenue organization right. off of that one kind of focus. Wow. And so, mm. uh, so this yeah. This is intriguing. I'm so. not going to miss this session <laughs> tomorrow. That's exciting. I mean, you think about that. I mean, how many people have different sets of books, right? Uh, finance has a separate yep. set of numbers and marketing has their own numbers. And then, uh, you know, we get to put these decks together and then none of them tie out, right? Yeah. I used to go crazy with that, putting these board decks together. It's like, well, the marketing numbers don't match the sales numbers. Like they don't, they don't go together. And exactly. finance has a totally different thing. So is that, is that kind of the problem you're trying to solve? A little bit there, yeah. yeah. And so it, it's really asking the right questions and mm -hmm. keeping the leadership focused on the right thing that actually moves the needle as well as how you can affect it. Mm -hmm. you, know, you know, there's three or four levers that you can pull with a sales team a sales rep mm -hmm. to improve their output. And that's what this KPI is focused on. So stop worrying about how many calls they make and all of the right. other stuff and, and all of the things we focus on and focus on these key things that can improve a sales rep's ability to, to, to win deals, which improves your company's ability to hit quota. Right. And if those are healthy, all of the other stuff is great, but you gotta focus there first. Right. And you can have a, a very good litmus test of, okay, we're doing pretty good. Right. We still have stuff to work on. Or, hey, the house is on fire. Yeah. Let's put that out first before we worry how many phone calls someone made. You know, so yeah. things like that. Well, it's like the, the old Stephen Covey mentality, right, of if you have 10 priorities, you have none. Yep. So if you're just narrowing in and focusing on those uh, key metrics and priorities or, or whatever your deliverables are, you know, bet on that right. and then you win. So that that's excellent. So in your in your current role, where where um, you know as VP of Revenue Operations, how long have you been there? So I've been with Eltrophy for just over a year. Okay. Okay. Um, was there a RevOps function before? There was not. We oh. we we have gone from three million uh, in ARR when I started to about thirty million this year. Okay. And I came in. Um, I was on as a consultant to help them build it up, and oh, nice. and I decided to join full time. But we're literally standing up the entire revenue operations function, nice. which I've done before. Yep. But it, it's brand new to the team, so there's still some people that are trying to figure out what it means. Yeah. And so, there's some that are totally bought in and, and all of that. So. Oh, I get that. Yeah, I good. get that. So how did, how did you start it off? Are you doing some education, like with what RevOps is? Yeah. So um, depending on who the audience is for the executive team, you know, that came in with like the hiring process of like, why do you need me? Why, why, why should I join? Why, why is this there? And, you know, the, the thing I always come back to with revenue operations is some people feel it's a data role. Some people feel it's a process role. Mm. And for me, it always comes back to people over process. Mm -hmm. that's, that's my mantra. I, I work in revenue operations because I care about the people Yep. not the process. Right. And so you come back and you, you talk to an executive team and say, what are your people dealing with? What are your sales reps dealing with right now that's frustrating them, that's causing them to move slowly, that's making it so they can't win deals? Mm -hmm. All of that ties back to RevOps. We need better processes. We need a better playbook. We need better training. Right? We need better systems. Right. Okay, I can help with that. 
you go to CS. What are your what are your CS team members dealing with that are making their jobs frustrating or their lives frustrating? Right. Well, you know, no handoff. Right. Uh, you know, no renewal playbook and mm -hmm. all of that stuff. And if you get caught up in the process and the systems and the data, it turns into what my opinion is a very monotonous IT job. <laughs> yeah. But if you're focused on the people and the impact you're making, the roadblocks you're removing, then it's so fulfilling. And so as you talk to an executive team, it's all the crap that they're dealing with mm -hmm. because that stuff surfaces up. Yeah. They're like, hey, this is not fun anymore. It's a startup life and I can't do this, I can't do this, I can't do this. And they spend their entire day having people conversations rather than company conversations. Right. So I come into an organization and say, hey, I can get rid of that. Yeah. I can get you back to doing your job because you don't have to deal with all those issues. Right. And once that conversation's happened and they see that, okay, that's what RevOps is. It's, right. it's getting rid of all of the red tape, the roadblocks, the system errors, and creating one revenue engine that everyone in the company can get on board with, yes. and it affects everybody, not just the sales team. Right, exactly. So. Well, I love what you said about going to the feet on the street, essentially, going to the CS team, going to the sales team, what are their problems? Like, right. what are what's their day to day? Like, when they open up their computer, like, what are they just like? Oh, I don't want to do this. And getting those wins too, uh, because you're right, they bubble up, they bubble up to the top, and that may manifest in like bad numbers, uh, or wrong report, or mismatched data, uh, missing numbers, whatever that is. Um, but also, you know, the, the salespeople, they want to, and the CS team and the marketing, they want the wins too, right? right? So you kind of have to be their BFF a little bit, right? Exactly. And, you know, hook them up and, you know, this, this isn't working. All right, I'll yep. fix that for you or, or whatever. And that's where, like, like your background, having worked in sales and sales leadership, like, that's, you, you understand it. Yeah. You, you, like, I'm not here to create a bunch of fields and processes for mm -hmm. you so that, the CEO and the board can have data. Right. I am here to make it so that you go home with a Tesla. Right. And, yeah. and you don't have to you don't have to work as hard as you would without this stuff. Exactly. And, and when you get that explanation going down to all the people, you're their best friend. Right. And and they take care of you and they make your life easier just like you're making their life easier. So totally. that's the goal. Definitely. Yeah. Easier said than done though. Right. Yes, right. Yes. But I, I always tell the sales team, I'm like, if there's a spreadsheet that your manager is sending you, just let me know. And I'll just I'll try to help you out. Like, yeah. you know, like, cause it, to me, that tells me something that I've done, right. If they're having to kind of sneak around the side and yeah. cause I kind of have a no spreadsheet rule or like ideal, my utopia. Right. Um, it's a, helping them, like truly helping them. Like what is, what duplicative tasks are you doing? What are the things in your day that causes you to have to, you know, be bogged down, stay up late, not close deals, do administrative work when you want to be out selling, yep. you know? Um, exactly. Those are really the way that I approach that with my team when we hire on. So a lot of companies, when they first hire on, they'll do product training for everybody. Uh -huh. Hey, this is what our product does. All of this deep dive okay. training for my RevOps team. I don't even care if they know what the product is, <laughs> right. right? If they've never seen a demo or anything like that, right. they do role training. Mm. So they go shadow an, an AE 
in a sales call. You can use Gong, yeah. Chorus, everything. If you do in-person stuff is amazing. Go yeah. and meet the customers, go and see what the sales rep's dealing with there. Then go on the CS side, go, go through a renewal process, go yes. through an account management plan. On the marketing side, go to an event. Right. And yes, they're not like the key role at those things, yeah. but until they understand the people they're serving, they won't understand why they're doing it. And they also be, they're more empowered that way. Well, I've seen what you do, right. Tom, and that's not the right way to do it. Right. And so let me help you with, with this yeah. rather than just saying, oh, well, you're the VP of sales, you know, like, let me create that report yeah. for you. And all of a sudden, six months later, you have a Frankenstack of right. reports that nobody looks at more than two times. Yeah. And so, so for me, it's just like in the sales world of you want to sell, get to know your customer. Yeah. In the RevOps world, if you want to be effective, get to know your customer, which is internal. Yes. And, and that's led to, one, a better relationship. But mm -hmm. two, it's actually led some of my RevOps team members to say, I actually wouldn't mind doing account management. Right. Or I would, you know, almost the reverse of some mm -hmm. of the RevOps stuff where we see people coming from sales and account management to RevOps. People are starting to start in RevOps yeah. and then realize like, oh, I could that do this, fun, and this. Yeah. And so I really like doing that because it gives people a better holistic view of the company. It's huge. And, and even if you do have a sales background, like I have a sales background, but it's, it's been a minute since <laughs> I've been selling, you know, Yellow Pages advertising. So sitting down, actually taking the time to listen to calls, to go to a trade show, I mean, that is huge. Not to mention you get to really know the people that you're going with and build those relationships, and they get to see that you are... You are there to help. You're not just like the traffic cop that's sitting up there making all the right. rules and you don't understand what's going on. So I think that, I mean, that's huge. That's critical. And it, I think it buys, especially new, you're, you came in and you're like, here's this function. You know, hey, I just want to learn. I right. want to learn what's happening. I want to learn what's going on in your world so I can figure out how to help. Exactly. So t tell me, do you, do you have a good uh, RevOps story or, or something that you can share? Um, so many. You don't have to use names. You can. Okay. You know. <laughs> well, I will. So I'll take, I, I told you I started at Qualtrics. Mm -hmm. um, and this is over a decade ago. Qualtrics was pre-Series A, okay. you know, eventually an $8 billion company. And, and so we're trying to figure out how to grow this sales team so fast. Mm -hmm. And we are hiring I mean, if you can imagine, we're right in the shadow of BYU, uh, Brigham Young University. Mm -hmm. We're hiring almost exclusively college students that want to be in sales. Okay. And so we've got to train them, and we've got to grow and, and do this. And I'm just a young sales leader at the time tasked with starting what essentially is RevOps, but we knew it as sales ops and, right. and how, how we do this better. And so, and this is part of what I'm going to talk about tomorrow when we finally got it right. This is the, <laughs> the first iteration. We called it the minimums doc. Okay. So essentially, we calculate out. We started at quota uh -huh. and use average deal size and number of opportunities and conversion rates and all of that. And we got it down to where every single sales rep, 100 sales reps, we had, this is what you need to do from an input level based on your conversion rates mm -hmm. to hit your number. Okay. In theory, that sounds great, right? So fast forward, we've, we've had a few iterations of this, and we were a very transparent company, so we, threw, we blasted this out to the whole company. Mm -hmm. so, 
product, engineering, C-level, the minimums doc. So you scroll down your list, okay, to hit my $100,000 quota this quarter, I've got to make 1,500 phone calls. I've got to send, you know, right. example numbers, but I've got to send 5,000 emails. Right. I've got to create 100 opportunities so I can close 20 of them. Right. My average deal size hit my number. Right. Now, we put into place, if you're not hitting your minimums, you go on a pip. Oh, okay. Right? Yep. So all of a sudden, all of that, wait, we didn't realize it was going to do this, but all of that goodness of here's the roadmap right. just shrunk down to make that many phone calls or right. I go on pip, right. right? I go on plan. And we would recalculate every quarter. Mm -hmm. And so what, what happened was struggling sales rep number, number one said, hey, I don't want to be on PIP, so I need to make a thousand phone calls. Right. And he did. Right. He said, hey, you know, you did, you did the minimums. We're going to train you. We're going to try and keep you going, but you're not on plan. Then we reran the numbers. And the next quarter, oh, shoot, you made a thousand phone calls just to make them. Uh -huh. And now your numbers recalculate. You've got to make 7,000 phone calls this quarter. Oh, gosh. Because of your low quality right and so all of a sudden we went Whoa. Oh. you know like that's not the culture we wanted right but that the plan of like here's your roadmap to <laughs> to that conversation and we all stepped back and we were like we need we need to rethink this right. because one it's not fair to the sales rep to do that but two it's not giving us good data we're just we're just funneling the system right. with bad data and so that's like my story of the best intentions can mm -hmm. lead down a really dark rabbit hole of performance evaluation. Right. And, and that's where when we finally got it right, we didn't focus on a lot of that minutia. We focused right. on this one thing right. that was involved in that minimums doc. It just, it wasn't the core focus. And, right. and so through iteration, iteration, and then all of a sudden now we had a tried and true system that yeah. evaluated every sales rep showed where they needed to improve and we created an enablement program that was laser focused on those four areas. Oh, nice. So now if you're a 50% close rate, which I'm sure you were, uh, you're right, you didn't have to sit through the closing training. Oh, you know, okay. you went to prospecting training maybe. I like it. And so we, we less ineffective time with sales reps, right. more laser focused training time. And so, but yeah, it all started with a very, and and there are people that lost their jobs because of it. Right. And, and we've, I've worked with some of them in other roles mm -hmm. and we just laugh about it. <laughs> right. You know? And so that's one of the, the, the most egregious errors that we've ever made in RevOps, but it wasn't even called RevOps then. So yeah. I, I washed my hands. Yeah, you can't blame it on that, right? <laughs> yeah, for sure. I mean, yeah. it's, but it's lessons learned, right? So yeah. it just goes to show that like the, the, the best intended process or system or change doesn't always have the intended impact that you right. want, uh, which is why you have to be flexible. You have to be agile, like, you know, even with comp plans, like being locked down a, a year in a comp plan to me, I mean, that's a lot, right? Yeah. Because things change. Your numbers change, the, the budgets change, the economy changes, the market changes, all these things happen. So we have to be able to be flexible and learn from it, right? So, exactly. um, but just because you know, not everything's going to work, uh, and some things are going to catastrophically not work, and some things are, you know, uh, it's just going to be a, an iteration and a lesson, you know. Right. So yeah, I think and it's that's just how we evolve. That's exactly so. 
taking it out of the RevOps world, I, I coach a youth baseball team. Okay. And I tell them, you know, they're, they're 10, 11, 12 years old, and I tell them, like, you have to go hard. You have to play hard. You have to give it everything you have. And then it's our job as coaches to rein that in right. and teach and, and tailor that to success. Mm -hmm. But you can't be afraid to, not, to play. You yeah. can't be afraid, you know, because if you're afraid, you never, you never try it. Right. And I think as sales leaders, as rev op leaders, everything, we're getting a lot better at knowing the stuff that won't work. But we wouldn't have ever gotten there if we didn't try. If exactly. we didn't throw stuff out there and, and try and figure it out. And in the the CRO summit mm -hmm. earlier, one of the presenters showed a T.S. Eliot quote that we, we will always be learning. We'll always be growing, mm -hmm. always be trying new things. Because the minute you stop, you've reached your destination. Hmm. And I don't think that anyone is satisfied with where we're at right now. Like you, you don't walk into a board meeting and be like, hey, we're at 50 million and we're gonna stay right here. Yeah. We're really comfortable right here, right? <laughs> right. That's the best way to get, yeah, you know, get yourself true. a new job. Yeah, and so, so that's the goal though. Yeah. You know, you always have to be pushing the envelope mm -hmm. and trying new things because once you do that, you can rein it in. Yeah. But the hardest thing to teach someone is, is ambition yeah. and, and passion to push forward. Yeah, I think it's definitely a culture thing too, yeah. right? It's a company culture, a team culture. And, you know, you also can't wait for perfect. Yeah. You could spend months on a project getting it just right for implementation. And, I mean, that's what pilot programs are for, right? right? Get it out there, try to break it. You know, I'm, I'm putting in some changes in a new process. My goal is to get it get it live by November 1st and to spend 30 days trying to mess it up. Yep. Have the salespeople, I've told them straight up, there are going to be problems with it. I'm going to need you to figure out what they are because you can only do so much in a test environment, figure out what all the potential things that are going to happen. But until it's actually in place, you don't really know. Right. You can do the best that you can, but then you have to be able to you know, fail fast, to iterate, yeah. to be agile. Um, so yeah. I, I love what you said about training, and I'll just just one more question for you here before we wrap. Um, do you do you run enablement and training as well? Is yeah. that is that's under RevOps? Yeah. So for for me, my my umbrella spans marketing, sales, CS, partnerships, mm -hmm. and enablement. And, okay. And so I do, I, I kind of have a, a foot in the door in, yeah. in all of those things. And so, yes, yeah, so the enablement team and the enablement program for all of those departments mm -hmm. rolls up to me. Okay. And so we have to create unique systems that, for each of those because it's, again, you don't want to put the whole team into the same trainings right. and the same, the same stuff. So. No, yeah, that's I, great. I think that's that's important. And you have the ability to, to coordinate and yeah. kind of see the full thing through. So. Yeah, and that that's really, it's kind of the unicorn of the RevOps yeah, world of like, because you don't have to get buy-in from right. people that aren't, you know, there's just so many moving pieces. Right. And if, you know, hey, CS ops, I got to go, I have to go to the chief right. customer officer. And then for sales ops, I've got to go to the CRO. Yeah. And then, you know, for marketing, there's CMO. Right. So, so I act kind of as a, as a layer between those departments yep. and their leaders. They don't report to me. Right. You know, the, the sales guys don't report to me. The CS team doesn't report to right. me. But all of the go-to-market strategy and how we train people on that rolls to me yeah and, and so it's it's a nice combination and 
and it's it's fun because you can build the system you want and yeah. you can build it out and you can oh, yeah. create you know you mentioned culture RevOps has a huge impact on culture. Oh yeah. And so, you know, failing and failing fast and teaching through enablement is, mm -hmm. is huge. And so one of the most successful things that we've done for that culture piece, it was a previous company called Lingotech. Mm -hmm. And we implemented a company-wide, we called it peach in a pit, very common, okay. you know. And our CEO was really good at explaining it is like, we talk peaches, those are you know the great things that have happened in the company. We want to recognize individuals who are living those values. That's the easy part. Stand up, clap, everything, you know, you get this gift or whatever. Right. Um, but the pit, the pit is actually the best thing that can happen to our company. So a pit, a peach pit, you plant it, you know, it's gonna grow into a tree that produces many peaches. Mm -hmm. If you throw it away and hide it you won't get any peaches from that right. pit. And so we actually applauded the pit and we would have someone, so you could nominate someone else every week mm -hmm. for a peach moment. Huh. Stand up, hey, Sandy did so good at this, I wanna recognize her, everybody's great. And then after that, you could nominate yourself for a pit. What did you screw up this week? What okay. did you mess up? And it was funny because at first, no one would raise their hand. Right. And then it was like, Oh, by the way, whoever does this gets like a thousand dollar gift. The the peach was like a hundred dollars. Yeah, a thousand dollars. Hey, I screwed up here. I called the CEO at six a.m. trying to leave a message. Didn't realize it was his mobile phone because I didn't check Salesforce correctly. Just dialed the number. Right. I mean, oh, okay. So now we can RevOps is going okay. We need to clearly label cell phone. <laughs> right. You know, like things like that. But we grew so much by recognizing the, the pits yeah. rather than the peaches, that it's, it's impacted me forever in just being able to really like let people fail, yeah. fail fast, and realize that they're not gonna get fired for doing right. something like that. Yeah, it so. just creates that culture of uh, sharing and learning and yep. growing, and, and you don't have to be afraid, you don't have to hide your right. mistakes. I love it. Yeah. That's, that's awesome. We had one that even made a, a hashtag and trended <laughs> nice. for a while. Um, it's called Colgate. Okay. And we had a rep, his name was Cole, Okay. who mass emailed our entire customer database as a sales rep. Oh. It's 15,000 emails. Oh, ouch. And it was put into a sequence that sent like three times. Oh. You imagine how many unsubscribes, how many people calling our company. Oh, yeah. It that was could a, get you in trouble, yeah. Well, <laughs> luckily we had a leadership team that understood, like, it wasn't intentional. Right. We, we kind of, we mitigated it. But someone in that group actually created a hashtag, put it on LinkedIn, and was, and was like, were you a part of Colgate? <laughs> And it followed him to like three companies no way. where he kept the list and he yeah. would reach out to people and be like, oh, hey, remember me? I'm Cole from Colgate. Like he played it on. <laughs> That's great. Whereas in some companies, you fire that guy. He right. never works in sales again. Right. And like, but just growing off of those failing moments <laughs> and creating a culture yeah. from a RevOps standpoint of like, hey, just we can help you rein it in, yeah. but go. And it, it's just, it's a fun environment to be in to, to have that type of leadership to, that right. allows it. Yeah, I, I, that, that one would hurt. I bet you ran back and are trying to put it, okay, I've got to put a cap and how many oh, can okay. at once. Oh, yeah. Yeah. And, yeah. Yeah. Oh, heart attack. Yeah. Well, um, this has been great. I, I'd like to give you a minute to just maybe leave the audience with a couple of uh, just 
key tips and uh, recommendations if you're in the world of RevOps uh, that maybe kind of you live by? Awesome. Um, yeah, so for me, again, we talked about it, people over process and really understanding why you are in RevOps and then really leaning into that uh, of really understanding this is my passion, you know, and if it's reporting, great, dive into that. If it's the people, great, dive into that. And then the biggest thing for, for me, my, my passion is keep it simple. It really fine tune that core belief, the core metrics, everything that you're doing. And if you can do that, everything else can add on to it. But if, until you get your foundation of what you really think moves the needle, uh, you'll just be chasing data and reports for the rest of time. <laughs> and, and so, the, yeah, those are, those are kind of the two things for me. Find your passion within the system, within RevOps, and then find a core foundation that you can build your, your RevOps philosophy on and grow out from there. Awesome. These are uh, great words to live by as a RevOps leader. I wanted to thank you, Greg, for being a guest today on RevOps Unboxed. Uh, so check out the podcast. We will have a new season uh, coming soon. Uh, so thanks so much. Uh, appreciate your time, Greg. Thanks, Andy. Take care. Thanks for tuning in to RevOps Unboxed. And don't forget to subscribe to the podcast so you never miss an episode.